Welcome to Local 3's podcast, Breaking Ground, where we discuss all things labor, labor history, politics, organizing, and unionism as it relates to Operating Engineers Local 3, the largest construction trades local in North America. I'm your host, Mandy McMillan, and I'm so happy to have with us today Dolores Morales. She's a Local 3 public employee with the County Employees Management Association. She's actually president of the County Employees Management Association, which is otherwise known as SEMA. She's a member of the Hollister City Council, and she's also a member of the South Bay Labor Council. So Dolores, welcome. So happy to be here. Thank you for the invitation. Well, it's so nice to have you. Now, that's a lot of titles and a lot of responsibility within your community. But before we get into all of those things and how you manage that work um, and, you know, basically representing people, um, tell us a little bit about Dolores. So tell us, you know, where you were born, what it was like growing up, kind of give us some of your background. I was born in Mountain View, California, and it's it's close to Sunnyvale, Cupertino area, a little bit north um, from San Jose. I have two wonderful younger brothers. I'm the oldest, and I had the pleasure of just having a great time with them. We grew up in Orchard, so Sunnyvale area, and we rode our bikes to school. We had the opportunity to just be out all day long. Of course, we went to school, but as soon as school was over, we were out. And it was a great time. We had a lot of fun. As you grow up, you kind of like figure out what you want to do. And, you know, once you start wanting to purchase a home, you start looking at different areas. And I chose Hollister because it was very similar to how I grew up. Agriculture, open space, small town feel. And um, I have two boys, so great place to raise your family. Uh, I've been there for about six years. Six years. Okay. And tell us how you started, you know, your job. Like what's kind of your work history? Sure. So I started doing a paper route when I was in, <laughs> in elementary. A paper route? A paper route. That, hey, that was like real work. That was a lot of work. Oh, you have to get up really early. Did you ride the bicycle and drop the papers off at the doorsteps? Uh, absolutely. And that was, it was a great workout. You didn't know it. Um, but yeah, early in the morning, after school, Saturday, Sunday, Sundays was heavier. But yeah, so I, I started working at a young age. My mom was divorced, so I helped her out with just finances around the house and, you know, worked as a waitress. I worked as an admin assistant at um, De Anza College, and then I got into the county through an internship program. I wanted to be an attorney, and they said, hey, come on over, and we will train you, and I'm like, all right. So as I was doing my education, I started working for the county when I was uh, 19 years old. I've been blessed to work for Santa Clara County. They helped me finish school. They helped me pay for school. They also sent me to a variety of different states to get a very specialized certification for victims of severe violent crimes, mediation, communication, negotiation, which all helped my union job, of course. And I just started uh, working doing human civil rights work. And then you start seeing things from within and then you start realizing like, you know, what's needed. And it was interesting because you get to meet a lot of different people. So I did have an opportunity to work for Superior Court doing their alternative dispute resolution and then training people how to do it. And then you realize, like, okay, I want to do something else. And I started working for probation. So I ping pong back and forth, probation, county exec, probation, county exec, just because there's just wonderful opportunities all the time. So I ended up here and I'm doing, I'm back in probation and I'm doing uh, secure youth treatment facility work. So I'm kind of like the hub of the work dealing with the justice system to help youth 
rehabilitate, get them education, vocational, and employment so that when they're released, they, they are productive citizens and, and they have a fighting chance. So you oversee this department as a manager, correct? I oversee that program as a manager, yes. So I'm, a, I'm currently a program manager three okay. in the probation department in, in juvenile. And my work is to work with all system partners, but mostly for that specific program as part of SB 823 to help with the legislation and implement the, the programming. So tell us a little bit about that legislation. What um, So what did that legislation mean for, for your department specifically? Well, it, it actually impacts all the different counties. So SB 823 basically states that the justice system will now uh, focus on rehabilitation and the state facilities that hold our young people um, that committed serious violent crimes will now stay at the local level. So instead of sending them to a state facility, they're going to stay at a local facility. And what that means is that the age goes from 18 to 25. So we have them longer. And instead of having our facilities like Juvenile Hall, our youth staying here for 20 to 30 days, um, they're going to, they potentially will be here for several years, up to five years, eight years, depending on their commitment time. Even though this is going to be a heavy lift and a challenge for many different counties, there is funding attached to it. And more importantly, they'll have an opportunity to have rehabilitation, to have a lot of the professionals that are locally here do a continuum of care. So juvenile hall, potentially the ranch, a step-down program, and then release back to the community. But they'll have an opportunity to be with their families, to visit their children, to make sure they don't lose connection. So like when you go to on vacation and you're gone for three to five days, you come back, it's like, oh, everything's changed. Everything's so different. Um, can you imagine being gone for, you know, five, seven years? It's like life goes by and you're kind of out of it. And so this allows that opportunity to continuously stay connected. And more importantly, we're human. Uh, human beings are social creatures. So it allows us to maintain those important relationships. So, you know, your sibling doesn't get your room 100 percent or you, you no longer fit into the family. Um, you're still a part of the family and you're you're able to just connect back and have the supports that you need when you go back to the community. That's probably the biggest part is that, you know, going get, going back into society and feeling rehabilitated and being able to handle like your, your new role out of, you know, the system. Um, well, it just sounds like very, very valuable work um, that you do. And you had mentioned vocational training. Um, is that sort of the link with with local three to some level, like the the being able to um, to get that training, like working with the trades, so that these um, y- youth have opportunities, job opportunities in the trades once they get out. Well, interestingly enough, our young people we do assessments, and you know when we were kids in high school, they said, oh, you know, let's see what you're good at, and then let's see what you want to do. So I want to if I want to be an astronaut, but I'm horrible at math. It's like well, <laughs> I remember those tests, like they told you what you'd be when you grew up. And I think I was like a donut maker or something. <laughs> I could, I I could totally see that. I could totally see that. Yes. Two little well, aprons and everything. <laughs> I can't even cook. But anyway, it was like something to do with my personality. But yeah, so I know what you mean. Okay. And so a lot of our young people want to be police officers. They want to be in construction. And some of them want to do entrepreneurship. And even like our young lady, we have um, wants to do construction, which is like so interesting, right? Because yeah. um, I'm like, oh, if you can, you know, if you want to do that, you can, you can take over the world. Yeah. 
They're not, you're not, a lot of the youth are not exposed to a, to a skilled trade. The connection to the trades is we want, we want not just a job, we want a career. And the trades are great for those who do not want to, to do the academic work and go to college or do the four-year. They could still do that, and many of them are doing it. They can actually have that pre-apprentice program here while they're in juvenile hall or the ranch. But more importantly, they'll have like the safety training, the union history, including all the songs you know that we learned about when we're out in front of the picket line. They'll understand the value and the benefits and why the unions came about. So we're teaching them all here. And then we're, we're showing them the difference between union and non-union. And we're also showing like all the different events, like with the slavery towers and um, the convictions and wage theft and exploitation. So we're showing the various aspects of why unions were formed, the history. We showed them a couple of films, which they were like from 1947. That they, like the picket lines and the violence and the riots. and <laughs> Yeah, people died. It's like people died. People died for us. Yeah, they, they probably appreciate that. They, well, first of all, they were like, wait, this is from 1947? And we're like, yeah, because it's still like the best movie. It's like Salt of the Earth. And I don't know if you've seen it. It's like phenomenal. Yeah. So we're showing that movie. And then we told them about like, yeah, this was breakfasted. And like people were like, were deported. And like, there was all these like backstory behind it. So it's just for them to see that um, the struggle of, of not just like what they went through, but there's so many different parallels of like other people struggling just to work, just to have basic safety, human needs met, like bathrooms. And and so we're tying everything together. So we have, because we have them for a bit, we have the opportunity to do it right. So that vocation piece, the pre-apprentice piece, and then we're inviting different unions to come in and show them the trade, show them how to do things. And our partners with the colleges and the county office of education will give them college credit so that they're not being exploited once they go out. They're coming in, they're learning how to do the trade correctly by that union. Oh, they have options. Right. And even if they decide not to do it, at least, you know, when they go back home, they can build a shelf. They can fix the bathroom. They can, you know, learn how to skill country. Yeah. Oh, that's that's incredible. Now, clearly, when you're talking to me, unionism is important to you. So I, I first, I kind of want to hear about what, like, what does union mean to you? Because I'm, uh, I'm getting that there's, uh, you have quite a lot of respect and a history of how it's impacted you. I started with the union when I started working in 95. Like, always union. With CIMA? Uh, yes, CIMA with CIMA okay. OE3. Okay. So we were all, we were affiliated. So what does union mean to me? Well, I'm proud to be a union member because of everything I shared, what we represent. It means... We protect people, we're family, we fight for what is right, we, we're politically involved, we look at policy, we have compliance departments which help protect people and, and create laws to make sure that things are done correctly and properly. And more importantly, it's family, it's support, it's fun, I laugh, I cry, I you know we have barbecues, but unionism is everything. It's like your family. It's who you want next to you when you're fighting and who you want next to you when you're celebrating. And I'm really proud to be part of OE3 and, and I'm, I'm proud to lead SEMA. Well, yeah, it gives, it gives people a voice. It gives people a way to get together over common, common causes and, you know, the country and everyone is so divided right now. It's important to kind of keep your eye on what unites us. And a union is a great way to achieve that. Um, so it was no question when SEMA organized you that, you know, that you were going to be a union member. Now, is that because of like your prior, like, had you had 
um, access to a union before growing up or or did you see the value of it when you were organized originally? So no, I, I've always believed in unions. I've never been exposed to a union, but I knew doing human and civil rights work that doing human and civil rights work, we always partnered with unions. Okay. So that was my connection to unions is um, when there was, when we had to do protests and we were fighting for, for people, unions were always there supporting. And, you know, there's a lot of respect there. It's like, okay, it's not just that you're talking about it, you're doing it. You're walking the walk, not just talking the talk. Mm-hmm. So um, you're not only a member of SEMA, but you're the president of SEMA. So what does that mean? Is that an elected position? It is an elected position, three years. It used to be every two years. And, you know, I never wanted to be the president. Growing up, you saw these phenomenal people, Richard Rappuccetta, who was the vice president, but somebody I looked up to that, you know, had, you know, two PhDs and were super smart and they just knew everything about the world, about the contract, about the laws. And I'm like, oh, wow, you know, that's great. And then as things change, as they always do, you know, you, unfortunately, Richard passed away unexpectedly. Mm-hmm. And he, he always said, you know, I, I want you to be in, yeah, I want you to be the president. I'm like, no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm an introvert. I'm, I'm, a, I'm an analyst. I'm the behind the scenes. I'll help support. And then, you know, we had an unpleasant situation with somebody that uh, became the president. And then, you know, you realize that, okay, you know, you'd really do have to step up if you really love the organization. And I love the organization. So you step up. And so I was able to win the election and able to address some of the issues that were putting our union in jeopardy and our relationship with OE3 in jeopardy. And so we were able to address those things effectively. Well, that was a, that was a big deal then, you know, you saw that you could do it. And then is, was it, was it becoming president of SEMA that kind of led you to think about running for local government or how did you come to decide that you wanted to run for Hollister city council? Um, can I use that language? Is that appropriate? (laughs) Okay. So, um, it happened during the pandemic and, like I said, I'm very lucky to work for Santa Clara County. You think, you know, okay, things are not great here, but they're they're okay. And then you start listening to city council meetings and board supervisor meetings. And during the pandemic, you know, you really paid attention. I really paid attention to what was happening because you're you're home or partly home. And it was so f-ed up. I mean, like people were fighting, there's no money, nothing was getting done. It was basically just people arguing about power and control. And again, I think you you sit back and you realize, you know, many of us have a lot of different skill sets. And even if you don't have any skill sets, you have good intentions, good intentions for the quality of life of your neighbors, uh, your, you know, your children, the future of your children. And so I didn't want to run for office. I asked everybody else I knew if they wanted to run for office and they're like, absolutely not. Similar story, Dolores. <laughs> They're like, oh, come on. You it's not saw that bad. something was wrong and you wanted it to be better. And then you just took the reins. And, and so that's that's what happened. The the city council, my city councilwoman decided to resign and she left the city and they created a special election. And because I've had so many people, can you please run? And they said, no. I said, OK, fine. You know, this is an opportunity for me to stop complaining and start you know, walking the walk. And I reached out to my family, who's my my union brothers and sisters, and said, hey, what do you think? And they're like, oh, that's great. I was hoping they would be like, hey, what the hell are you doing? Are I don't you know. 
uh, and then, you know, I was hoping for like a couple of smacks here and there, but nothing. They're like, oh, that's a great idea. I'm like, really? And they're <laughs> like, yeah. So here you are. Now, what, um, what's it been like serving on the city council and, you know? Thankfully, I've had a lot of successes. I think I'm, I'm blessed that I've been working in government for so long. I'm a dinosaur. <laughs> um, but it's been easy. So I've been able to write a couple of grants for the city. I was able to have a um, hire a grant writer, um, look at outcome measures, uh, talk about policy, have a, a, a budget process that includes department heads and employee input. And so there's a lot of aspects, I think, that are, that are strong ones in just a short period of time. And also build relationships. One of the things that we desperately need in San Benito County is not only education and information about what, what happens, but also the willingness for elected officials to work together in a positive, productive manner. So I've been able to do that as well. So those are a few wins. And and also uh, brought, just recently brought um, Project Built, which was something that, again, I, I lean on my family to help educate me on the best way to go about doing business. And so we were, were able to do a lot of policies and procedures and compliance that will, will help you know, the infrastructure of our city and county. So if you're reelected in November, what are some of your other goals? Like, what are you hoping to achieve in office on the city council? Well, it's always going to be to improve the quality of life of our residents and our staff, always. And that means, like, what does that mean to you? So housing is uh, it's a huge issue. Commercial growth is a huge issue. Our roads and safety are a huge issue. And bringing in revenue is uh, a priority. So I focus on a few items so that I can do them well. And then also making uh, to make sure that there's communication with the county, with San Juan Batista, who's a neighboring city, but also our state and federal officials as well, because they can help with a lot of those items. Now, you, you do so much. How are you able to kind of handle all of this? I mean, I hear that there's obviously crossover and connections between all of these realms, but how do you manage, how do you manage doing all these things? Well, everything does cross. It's like, you know how, you know, you have, you have fingers and so everything that I do is like a finger right but people don't realize that it's like the hand yeah so with my job like if I didn't wasn't the president or wasn't part of the labor council then I would not have been effective in getting like in-person college instruction in juvenile hall yeah because I worked with the president and the teachers union to get that to happen but it was through the teachers union and the trustees through politics um, the vocational program, if it wasn't the relationship with the building trades and the labor council, then I wouldn't have been able to talk to all the business managers or apprenticeship coordinators to help come in and do the work. So that's a result of the labor council and the relationship with the building trades. The city council, all of these things helped me do a better job as a city council woman. And so I, I see it all as a hand and it, it all builds and supports each other. So I don't see it as work or handling it's all intertwined for me because it all helps and helps promote the work. Like the work that I do in politics helps promote our, our help us with get obtaining a better union contract and the relationships I've built with other politicians um, helps, you know, not only us, but OE3 and my work at the city council. So it all, it all kind of like leads into each other, but I see it all as a hand. It's just, it's all there. Now, South Bay Labor Council, we didn't really talk about that, but, you know, you're on the South Bay Labor Council. So what um, what are the types of things that you do in that capacity? Well, I'm the sergeant at arms. Okay. Um, so I 
my job is to make sure that things get on hand to talk to people, which is great because I have that communication and negotiation skills, right? <laughs> Plus I'm five foot one. I can I can totally intimidate everybody, right? <laughs> if I can ever reach them. Yeah, so I'm I'm on the executive board and we do politics. We help with uh, authorized strikes. We help, again, a lot of the causes like wage theft, compliance, fighting and helping other unions. We kind of do a little bit of everything. And so, again, I think it just it adds to it. It, yeah. it extends our family, right, from one union to 101 unions yeah. to, you know, 3,000 people to 100,000 people. So it's just, it creates a bigger family network. Well, we, we talk a lot about um, how how we can become more united and not, not as divided and how we all may be very different on a political spectrum or come from different uh, backgrounds, histories, races, religions. But if we keep our eye on, like you were discussing, those main basic needs, right, we can unite around those issues. And it seems to me, Dolores, like you are the common denominator of of unity with all of this. I mean, just from what I'm hearing, like you well, said that you don't see this as work. You just see it as as your cause and they all influence each other and then empower the main cause, which it sounds like is just um, human joy, like the ability to have access to basic human needs so that you can function. And then you've seen that in the juvenile system, what happens to people when they don't have those basic needs. And we're, we're very interested in this concept of a union member running for, for office um, because we don't see that very often, but there is a lot of power and influence when you can make that, that leap of faith. Do you have any advice for union members who might be kind of toying with that idea, but maybe they don't feel like they're good communicators or maybe they don't understand policy What's your advice for those people? Just do it. Um, if you have a good heart and if you have good intentions, there's a lot of people that are going to help you. To give you an example, I'm not an expert on housing and I'm not an expert on energy and the science of, of energy. And it is overwhelming at first. But there's so many people that truly like truly believe that if if they know that you have a good heart and good intentions and are willing to listen, they'll take the time and explain things to you. They'll, they'll take the time and help you kind of, you know, put the dots together. So if policy or budget or uh, the science of, of energy or, or housing or, or anything that you don't understand, it's okay. You'll learn it all along the way. People will trust you and they, and they will help you if they know that yes. you're doing it for the right reasons. Yes. And if you make a mistake, it's okay. Because they know that you did your best and that you'll fix it or that um, you didn't, it, it wasn't meant to, to harm anyone. And so they'll also bring that to, to your attention. But there's also tons of remedies and everything you can learn. And, and again, I think people are not expecting perfection. People are expecting that you're, you're truly going to listen and represent members of your community. Well, it's doable. It's doable. <laughs> uh, do you have any parting words for our listeners who, um, you know, are members of Operating Engineers Local 3, but they're also, some of them are just the larger public? I would say get involved. Start with making phone calls, getting to know your public officials. Volunteer in anything that you can. Your time, your voice makes a difference. And if you start with something small, just even showing up to an event or showing up or voting making sure that you're you're saying like, here are my top three priorities or here's my top priority. Everybody, your time, your energy, your voice is extremely valuable. And so just taking the time to do those things will just 
be greatly appreciated because it means a lot and it's super powerful. I just, people just don't understand how powerful. Well, Dolores, thank you so much. It's a pleasure to have you.